0: This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Steven Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Mindsetters, welcome back to another great episode. We just finished up interviewing with a phenomenal capital raiser, David Thompson, and we talk a lot about this whole idea of partnering with the right people, learning from experts and working with experts so that you don't have to know everything that they know and you can specifically focus on your niche. And how that can lead to some rapid growth. And we talk a lot about the mindset of success, some really amazing habits, some things that you can start implementing right now, even if you're not a cap raiser, I promise you it'll apply directly to your business. So before we jump in, I want to remind you guys, hit that subscribe button if you haven't so you can listen and hear every episode that comes out. Uh, And please, if you're the kind of person who likes to help people, uh, help others, then please share this with a friend as I'm sure they're going to get as much value as you're going to get out of it. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. All right, guys, welcome back to another awesome episode of the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am excited, but when am I not? I have David Thompson on the podcast today. How are you doing, David? I'm doing great, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Appreciate it. Well, I'm excited to have you because David has a strong experience in real estate investing, both in domestic and international projects, covering single family, multifamily, and land development. And after 20 years in high-tech corporate world, David left to start the Thompson Investing Company, which provides investors with opportunities in multifamily, self-storage, manufactured home parks, and more. And he's helped raise funds to purchase over 6,000 apartment units at over $500 million dollars. Uh, raised for a lot of different projects, so i'm excited to get into it. you ready I'm ready let 's do it all right so you've obviously done some stuff in this space you've obviously you know found your way but let's start out by taking a look back. Mm-hmm. What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been interested in investing in a variety of, 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 I guess, vehicles, mostly stock markets when I was little, uh, I would say. Maybe as a teenager, uh, I had a summer job, got my first uh, uh, three grand uh, doing a variety of jobs, uh, during my high school time and I started, you know, what am I gonna do with this? Uh four thousand, three 000 or four thousand dollars. And uh, I think the first thing I did was I walked into a Merrill Lynch office and said, I got three or four thousand dollars and uh what do you got? And they put me in a mutual fund and took eight percent right off the bat. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's what, how it goes. So I didn't have a lot of understanding about how things work. I just know I wanted to invest. But once you invest, uh you've got money in the game, then you start thinking about Educating yourself <laughs> it should come first, right?
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree, but I'm actually going to re ask that question right. again, David. Tell me what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today.
1: Sure. I mean, I think there's always been a um, an interest in our family of, of, of being frugal and, and doing things efficiently. Um, and so, at an early age, I always thought, well, um, you know, I want to I want to get out there and and do things in the right way and do it at an early age. You, know, if you were exposed to certain things like compounding and you know, some of these things. I was I was, good at, I was good at math. For some reason, numbers just came to me pretty easily. I always remember, even as a mm-hmm. kid, you know, in third grade, fourth grade, just finishing up math tests before anybody else. So I knew I had something along there I should, I should uh, continue to improve upon and,
0: and, and bet, right? Well, I mean, that's pretty amazing. So you grew up in a pretty frugal family. How do you think that's played into your investing career today or what it is that you're doing now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, today I'm working with a lot of investors. And when I look back, I think about uh, things that influenced me over time, you know, diversification concepts, um, uh, concepts around uh, you know passive income and doing things to where you can set yourself up. Uh, that that over time grew into a focus and got into college I actually got a degree in financial planning <laughs> I, was, I was really kind of turned on this stuff really early I mean financial planning at that time mm-hmm. uh, I did not date myself but there was very few schools that were offering a degree in financial planning in fact I think you're in Denver I think the University of Denver had a program that was pretty good uh, since then more colleges have of offering that but at that time I felt like I was kind of cutting edge I was looking out there and I was like you know this is a, this is an area I'm really turned on about
0: yeah it's fascinating the path because not Every investor that I talked to was like really doing exactly what they went to school for. I mean, and obviously you had a lot of things Mm -hmm. in between where you're doing, you know, different roles, but to come back to be able to serve investors like this is pretty cool. So tell us a little bit more about what your primary focus is as an investor. What it is, what is it that you're doing today?
1: Yeah, so uh, it's, it's, it's factually interesting. Uh, I did not actually pursue a, 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 an opportunity in the financial planning space when I got out of college. Uh, we can come back to that because I do think it's an important point. This show is show's all about mindset. I actually failed at it initially because it was kind of a sales and marketing gig. It was it was more about, you know, you just don't go work for a company and make a good salary financial planning. It was it was mm-hmm. something I hadn't researched really well. I love the space. I love the investing space. Um, so I went to graduate school, uh, got a master's in international business, and went to work in the high-tech industry. Uh, for a variety of, of Fortune 500 companies, had some great roles and responsibilities, traveled all over the world. Fantastic. Raised the kids. Everything was great. Uh, as the kids got a little older, I was getting a little itchy to, to do something and, and go back to my calling, I think. And at that time, I wasn't sure how I was going to do that. I had started investing in some single-family stuff around Austin, Texas, having some success there. Um, but eventually, uh, I hooked up with a, a person who was really uh, doing a lot of big things. I think a lot of people know Joe Fairless. He um, Joe, I caught Joe actually pretty early in his career um, in his multifamily uh, space. And uh, I was looking to move beyond, you know, single family. How do I do this? How do I leave my corporate role? (laughs) I don't want a W-2 because, you know, I need a W-2 to get a loan. And I was like, I was playing small. Um, I didn't know how big you could play. I didn't have that exposure to anybody doing bigger things uh, in real estate that I wanted to do. Uh, But anyway, I had a a fortunate meeting with Joe. Uh, He was looking for people to help him on his team, uh, and specifically with a role around bringing investors to his deals. Uh, And so I started working in kind of a co-sponsor relationship with him, and that just exploded. This happened uh, three or four years ago. Um, but putting my financial planning hat on after a while, I'm like, okay, all deals with Joe, all deals in Dallas, Texas, all deals in apartments. Uh, you know, I was like, all my investors kept coming back for more deals, but I'm like, this is even though I love Texas and I'm in I'm in Austin, uh, I love the market, still do. Uh it just seemed like to me, um, they should be looking at some different things. Um, and so that mm-hmm. really led me to working with investors and educating them in some other spaces like uh, self-storage, mobile home parks, uh, and different operators and different geographies. Um, so I ended up writing a book here recently about you know, riches and niches. And that concept is around my focus around three things, diversification with operators, uh, different niches uh, that have held up over time and done really well, especially in downturns, and uh, also different geographies. Uh, so, so that's kind of my mantra. Uh, that's a quick and down and dirty five minutes on, on kind of where I am. But, uh, you know, we were in 30 syndication deals, Stephen, right now. Um, we've raised uh, through Thompson Investing $120 million for those deals. Um, and, y- you know, it's, it's phenomenal to me. Uh, the, the business is phenomenal. I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing uh, when you can do that. Uh, you're loving life because you're never working and you're working, you're working harder than you ever have, but you don't feel like you're ever working. And you've probably heard that before.
0: <laughs> That's yeah, hey, absolutely. For sure. I mean, and really at the heart of it, you're a capital raiser. You're doing a lot of other things on these deals, yeah. but you're going out and you're finding opportunities yeah. to bring other folks' capital to the table yeah. and you're putting those together. So Super good opportunity to really help people and really take that financial planning background and start placing that capital in, in some places. Um, so, tell me a little bit about this time on that first deal. It sounds like you ran into a pretty big challenge, and for a lot of people, that might have knocked him out of the game. So, since we were talking sure. offline about it, why don't you share a little bit with the audience? What happened when you lost that money, yeah. and uh, what was the yeah.
1: takeaway? Uh, you know, bad story at first, good story later. Uh, I was a little shy about talking about it initially because you know it's trust relationships handling money carefully. <laughs> that really didn't happen in this case. Uh, so the first deal I did, uh, a big 320 unit up in Dallas, Texas, and I ended up getting like 13 investors, a million dollars raised in soft commits on that first deal. Uh, I had received information and email about the uh, wiring instruction. I'd forward that innocently to my investors. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go let's go get this done. Um, by Monday, I got a call from one of my investors and uh, he had just talked to one of the large banks and their security group and said, you know, we had just provided uh, wire information that was not going to a good party. Uh, And by the time we self-corrected, we had four investors that invested $225,000. The money was gone. These are scam artists out there. It was a phishing scheme is what it's called. I talked to the FBI and tried to learn as much about it and provide information. It's rampant in the title business. Uh, They have to be very careful Uh, uh, about handling wires. There's no FDIC protection uh, if you have a bad wire. Um, Mm. Obviously, if you send a wire to a wrong instruction set, hopefully it just comes back. But if it's a fraudulent account, they're waiting for that money to come in there, and it's gone in seconds, right? Uh, banks should do a better mm-hmm. job at securing the, you know, who their customers are before they set up a business account. Um, anyway, they're still improving upon that. But um, bottom line is, like the good news that came out of it, Stephen, is fortunately, uh, my business partner and I worked together to ensure those investors that 225000 of their money is, we're taking care of that. They're in the deal. Okay, that's mm-hmm. number one. Take care of them. Yeah. The other thing you want to make sure coming out of the corporate environment and handling a lot of operational fires is that uh, you don't want to get the other, uh, other investors who are still excited about the deal involved in this. So it was like a nice little email saying, hey, everything's yeah. doing wild. Great. Just uh, this instructions we gave you earlier, if you haven't gone to the bank, use these instructions. That was probably interesting but for them. But anyway, got the right information to them. They care. The good news is that deal is sold. Good. Two years later, we sold for 52% return. Um, great, great project. Three of those and four investors are now still investing with us consistently. Uh, The one that didn't, I think he just it was just kind of his first time, and it was probably his last time. But nothing to do with the success of the project. We've changed processes uh, drastically after that first deal, so there's no investor risk going forward. But that was an interesting experience, to say
0: the least. (laughs) This is is the thing, is when you take care of investors, when things go wrong, you end up building even bigger trust with them. When you take care of them and you do the right thing. I know from a personal experience, you guys, this is real. If you're an investor and you haven't experienced this yet, get ready and make sure that you're sending people the right information or yeah. have them double check it. Because we actually had a, we had an attorney, uh, that was sent. Somebody had hacked mm-hmm. into their email and faxed in new yeah, same. wire instructions. And fortunately the secret service caught it over Thanksgiving last year. And so the money never left. But we would have been out three hundred thousand, yeah. and it would have been the attorney's fault. Yeah. So fortunately, we would have had somebody whose uh, insurance yeah. to go after. But uh, you know, this is real, and you know that stuff happens. But the fact that you didn't. You didn't call it quits and that you took care of them, it really goes a long way. I think that's yeah, the way you gotta and think and about I
1: think that also shows, you know, if you're in the right field, if you're doing the right thing, it didn't even dawn on me that I would quit. You know, I think a lot of people, if I'm unsure about this business, they have a, a failure out, they may just quit right there and say, heck with that. It's not it's too risky. But if you really look at it, there's a variety of ways to correct that. You know, you have investor portals. People go in with their own password now. You don't even send the information. Uh, they double check. They call a bank number. They can call me. Can double check. bunch of different safeguards. We'll never have that happen again. And you know, you just learn. Um, but the passion around, I'm doing the right thing here. It didn't even dawn on me that you know I'd stop right now.
0: You know. Yeah. No. For sure. I mean, so you've, you've grown pretty quick into this space and I think it's, I, I could probably guess that it's for a couple of reasons, but tell me in your own words, why do you think you've succeeded so quickly and in such a big way when so many other people have failed or really never gotten started?
1: Yeah. Great question, Steve. And I think the number one thing I, I mentor uh, other folks trying to get into the field or looking at this, or maybe they've done a couple of deals is, you know, uh, really partnering with experts. I never decided to go out and find my own deal, uh, you know, trigger shoot, try to try to, you know, shotgun things and try to figure out what's going to stick. I never did that. Um, maybe because uh, you know I got into this a little later I had some experiences in life and, and investing things that didn't work out and I just learned that you know really the best outcomes I always had was just finding a good mentor or somebody that I can line up with uh, be on the same team with and you know it doesn't have to have compensation um, it's just I want to learn and I want to learn from some of the best people that I already have gone through these experiences and it sounds kind of cliche you hear it all the time but you know, I invariably go to local meetup groups now and then. And I see people partnering with their friend, a family member, some coworker, and they really assess their skills. Hey, we just like to hang out together. Uh, you go do this, I do that. You know, my role was clearly defined early. You know, Joe just asked me, you can help me with this specific role. And I said, great. I love talking to investors. I thought I, I thought I like talking to investors. I was passionate about investing in this deal on my own. I'd done, I'd done the vetting. I, I would invest in this on my own. That was my uh, focus and foundation for my business. I Then I started talking to friends and family. Now it's 400 plus accredited investors. That's kind of my family. I just had a big uh, and, uh, a meetup or appreciation event downtown Austin, 60 story building, top the tallest building in Austin. It was just awesome. I'm thinking about this. Wow, this is just like my big family. We had a great time. And I was like, that's how you have to think about your business. You have to think about your clients and partners uh, the same way. These are people you want to, do you want to hang out with these people? I look at my partners like, do I like you? <laughs> Number one, are you a person that uh, high integrity? Number one in this business, are you? Do you have criteria that you follow and don't pretty much waver from? I mean, I, you know, are you focused on a market and not twenty markets, one market, two markets? Are you doing one niche, not five niches? I can tell you a story that turned me off. I, have, I was looking for a multifamily operator in the southeast region. I didn't have one. Uh, drove up to Dallas, three-hour drive. Had a nice lunch with this group that had done three or four deals in that area. They're from Dallas, actually. I'm talking to them. Great. I get in the car on the way home. We're thinking about maybe doing something next year with them. No longer than 24 hours later, they're sending me a hotel deal. Now, I went up there talking to them about apartments. Next thing I know, I get a hotel deal, and it's in San Antonio. It's not even a region they're doing. It's a whole different niche and product. And not to say that they won't be successful at it, but I was just like, it just turned me off. I'm like, <laughs> that's not a partner I want to start with. You know, I want my investors knowing that I'm really, I'm focusing on partners, good partners that really know what the heck they're doing, have some experience, and are laser focused on what they're doing,
0: you know? Whenever I meet new investors or whenever I meet investors at meetups, I can usually tell pretty quick how successful they're going to be, not because of their work ethic, not because of all these things, but are they focused? When I talk to somebody and one day they're talking about, they're going to get in a single Mm -hmm. family and they're going to do wholesaling and they're going to, and then I talk to them and they're like, oh, well, now I'm going to. I'm going to do this yeah. other thing. And the next day they're like, oh, I'm looking at multifamily. It's like, okay, well, it's okay to graduate from one product yes. to another. And it's okay to change your sure. focus. But what it's not okay is to be focused on multiple things at the right. same time unless you're an absolute right. expert at one of those things so you can move on to the other one while the that business continues to run. It's a perfect example. And I, I'm even really
1: cautious uh, with my per- reputation with my investors. So yes, we are in three different niches. That, that took some time. I, I started blogging, which is one of my thought leadership strategies, and started talking to them about certain niches, why I'm interested in that niche, well before I started talking about a partner or a deal with them. The last thing they want me mm-hmm. to do is in a newsletter, in a deal alert, hey, it's a whole new partner, a whole new niche, and it's like, whoa! What, what's what? He just woke up one day and started thinking about this. So I'm very careful. It's not that you and I, Stephen, aren't interested in lots of things. I mean, I'm I'm sure that totally. if you're in this space, there's lots of different related businesses we can get involved in, um, and there's a, a very all of them can be attractive with the right partner. But um, I just caution even my investors that you're not going to see something from me. Just waking up one day, it's going to be well uh, uh, positioned. It's going to we've, we have some discussions on it. <laughs> they have a webinar on it. Well before we do something, and I think they appreciate that 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 that's you know these are these partners are carefully vetted. Um, the markets are carefully vetted. The deals will eventually yes be carefully vetted. But we're not going to show you a deal and work backwards, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. The, I want to underline something for all you mindsetters, for all you listeners out there. He talked about the idea of partnering with experts so that he doesn't have to know everything on his own. His partner, Joe Fairless, you guys know he was, a, he was on an early episode of the podcast, $750 million of assets under management. And last year, actually, when I talked to him just about four months ago, it was $500 million. Uh, and so you can it's just amazing. see how quickly somebody can grow yeah. when they're ultra focused. And Joe is focused on just two things, yeah. multifamily and the podcast. Uh-huh. That thought leadership platform ends up funneling everything for his multifamily business. And then he partners with smart people like David to go out and raise capital. And so you can find smart people. Maybe you can't work with Joe. Maybe you can, but you can find somebody in your area or in your in your niche that you can learn from and work with directly side by side and really help grow your business. That's a great point. It really is a great point and you never know where these relationships
1: are going to go. I mean with Joe, it was just hey, I'm going to try something. I didn't and going back to uh, and I want to make sure we touch on this Because I don't want people to come out and think, oh, Dave's got some kind of special talent. Uh, Dave hangs out at yacht clubs, and of course, he can raise a lot of capital. Because that's a big misconception a lot of people had. When I failed coming out of college with a financial planning degree, I went to work for a big life insurance company. And they said, Dave, the only way we're going to pay you any money, it's going to be a draw you're going to have to go out and sell whole life insurance and disability insurance. And I was like, Oh man, that was just not sexy to me. And after six months I was hiring, I hated cold calling. That's what you had to do. It's not what my business is about. And, and I, I didn't know anybody. I was just winging it. And after six months I chucked it. I said, uh, you know, I don't care how much I love financial planning and investing. I'm like, I'm not doing what I want to do. I can't make any money at this entrepreneurial 22 years old. I can't, I don't know anybody who's got any money. I went the graduate school route, went 20 years, it had blinders on, Stephen, the whole time that I I can't, uh, if, if you if you gave me a sales and marketing role, I would shy away from it. I would just, it would just turn me off. My blinder was just like, I can't sell and market. Now today mm-hmm. I feel I can never sell. If I'm selling something, I'm doing it wrong. Okay. I'm just educating mm-hmm. investors. If they're ready, great. I'll tell them how to do it. I'll monitor it with you. It's a, it's a simple process. I love that aspect of it. I love when I talk to people, it's, they've never maybe invested in an apartment or a self storage. Tell me more. It's not like I'm talking to them about insurance or a car or a house that they've already done and they've been been scammed before or whatever. This is just perfect about, hey, it's a great opportunity. Let me just explain it to you, right? And uh, so I never felt when Joe asked me, Dave, would you like to go uh, help me on this project? It never dawned on me that it was kind of that role, like interfacing Mm -hmm. with customers and and talking to them and getting them to, hey, this is great, helping them along. Um, So I guess the point is, is I didn't know what I was good at till I tried. I did partner with experts, so that gives you some cover that you're doing something of high quality in a good market, get around. But um, I put this passion 20 years on the side. 20 years, okay? Now, had a great job. I ended up, I left Dell with my last job as director level, manager level. It, hey, it, it, my family is in great position. I, I learned a lot. It great pride to travel the world. Never regret that, but I, I really felt that I put blinders on early and stayed away from something that my massive talent is 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 really building relationships with people and and partners and investors and I have a wonderful business and in three and a half years we've raised over 120 million just for our through our Thompson Investing Group we're Joe's number one capital raising group we're, we're every every operator I work with we get the first call hey Dave are you interested that's powerful
0: you know having fun so here. He, he, it's hugely powerful. And here's a question that I have for you. You've been doing this for a little while and just a few years, but I can tell that you've got this way of thinking about it that has allowed you to succeed. So if you're a capital raiser and you're going to give some advice to somebody and they're going to get into this business and maybe they're 30 years old, maybe they're 25, maybe they're 50, regardless of whatever age they're at, what would be the way that you would recommend that they go in to have these conversations? Because a lot of people... Have some feelings where they're like, ah, I don't. Sure. What are people gonna think if I'm trying to bring the, this deal? Yeah. How do you think about it? Yeah, well, I think
1: there's two, uh, there's lots of different paths. Two main ones uh, I think you need to assess. So, you kind of the analytical type, you know, like to look for an needle in haystack, and, and that's kind of the analyst role. I think that's a, you could come on and learn some things if you've got some financial talent or like to look for things and data. I I appreciate all of that aspect of a syndication. I don't love it. I wouldn't want to sit at my computer all day doing it. Uh, I bartended my way, way through college. Had this financial planning mindset. Had this kind of I like talking to people. I was actually shy, believe it or not. But I'm extroverted now. I mean, I, I had three older sisters. I, I had no brothers, and and they talked for me all the way up until I started to get, I, in college. I got a bartending job. And the rest of West was history. I had to learn how to rapport, relate to people pretty quickly, develop, uh, I get, I get paid better if I do that. <laughs> That's a really easy thing, but I really like people I found out. So when, when I have people coming in to today to work with me or just kind of think about, hey, Dave, give me some advice or direction. I'm like, kind of assess your own skills. You see yourself, are you excited about this from a more extroverted angle or do you like the details and you want to be more of the operator? And, and that's where I would start kind of those paths. And then find experts like we talked about, you know, go to meetup groups, go into forums, just kind of start learning who the players are and then reach out to them in a, a non-assuming way. Listen, I love the space, I love what, I, what you're doing. I followed you. I've read everything about you. Um, and is there any way I can participate in a non-compensation role doing anything for you? Boots in the ground, uh, maybe bringing capital to your deal. I don't care. Now, you know, there's, there's things that you need to set up properly. Whatever you do, uh, bringing in capital comes with rules and regulations on how to do it properly. But I say it's one of the best things to do because as a calculator, Stephen, how do you have to – you have to learn everything about the project. Why? Investors have questions. <laughs> You can't wing it with an investor. I mean, you may have questions you know, you can't answer. That's cool. I have a few on every project. I may have to go back to Joe or Andrew or somebody. But investors are cool. You just want to be educated. But that's the best pace, place to be in. You go to the site. You do the tour with the operator. You understand the business plan. You check out comps in the area. I look at every deal, go to every site, just like I'm investing my own money to start. And then I think about this big extended family I have, that this huge responsibility I have to get it right. I can say no to any deal. I don't care. Joe calls me, I don't like it. Joe, I don't have to deal a deal. You know, it's okay, you know, or anybody. Uh, I typically do more deals than I not. Why? Because. It's a great relationship partner. They're in a market that they know. The deal criteria is pretty preset. They don't change it too much. They don't change the yardsticks. Uh, so for me, uh, it's great. I can do a lot more repetitive deals. But when I'm coaching people, I'm like, listen, you got to figure out, let's go back to the main thing. What do you think you might be good at? I did not know I would be great at raising capital. I just know... If you looked at me by my personal mindset, I did a Myers-Briggs test. I would probably migrate more to, hey, I'd like to hang out with Stephen and educate him on store- self-storage. Why I love self-storage. And Stephen, I don't care if you have no money right now. That's cool. I want to educate you. Here's some blogs I did. Here's a book uh, I got a section mm-hmm. on. Just kind to get you, you know, plant a seed. Uh, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I want to educate you because once you're educated and you have money and you get it, you'll, 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 you'll see a deal from me. And you're like, I want to end
0: that one. Tell me a little bit more, right? So- These are the steps you guys can take to start implementing, regardless if you're trying to be a capital raiser or not. I hope you guys can go back and listen to this again, because there's some really, really smart tips about how to really progress in any direction. So, in my opinion, uh, I look at you and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. It's so cool to see how you've grown. And I know that if I wanted to, I could move down that path and go find some smart people. And I know that all of the listeners can do the same. So I encourage you guys, if you feel like this is something you want to do, take a step right now, commit to an action and go and do it. Whatever that little thing is, whatever, go to that meetup, reach out to somebody. Don't be afraid to ask an expert if you can work with them in some way, shape, or form. It's what I've done in every single field that has made me successful. And it's the reason I've been able to partner with Trevor McGregor to bring this awesome little mastermind community together. And to be honest, when I thought about asking, I thought, he's probably going to say no. But if you just don't be afraid of hearing the no or hear a lot of no's, eventually someone's going to say yes, and you're going to work with amazing people, and you're going to learn so much. And you don't even have to know what the outcome is going to be. You just have to know that. Okay, well, this is the next step in the direction I want to go. I got one one
1: add on to that, Stephen. Uh, a really nice technique to, um, if you are really wanting to direct your question to get a yes or no from the person. Let's say I'm asking you, can I uh-huh. work with you, Stephen, in some capacity? A really low risk way to do it is, hey, Stephen, do you know anybody mm. in your network that I could talk to to learn about self storage or Mobile home parks. So or do you, you know, you've interviewed a lot of people. So you're in a really, you're an influencer already. You have a lot of connections. Do you know, even though maybe I really want you, you know, to be the guy I want to partner with, uh, that's really a low risk way for you. And you could mm. ask that to a lot of people. Um, same with investors. Hey, do you know anybody that might be interested? Uh, and if I'm talking to somebody at a party or something where we got talking about real estate and I really want to do business with them, I may not ask you, hey, be my investor. <laughs> That's too direct, right? But if I said to you, "Hey, do you know anybody in your world that might be interested in, in learning more about this uh, this particular project that we're talking about?" Instead of asking that person directly, and invariably, they, they, if they want to be, to know, they'll tell you. No, I want I want I want the information. You know, so that's a, that's kind of a nice little technique I think that people could use if they're, if they're a little bit shy or just you know you don't want to be so direct with someone. Ask it passively through another connection, and I think that could lead back to some good things.
0: Great advice from a great person. I appreciate that. So tell me, how would you define success and what is success to you, David?
1: Wow. I mean, can you control your time? As an entrepreneur, I love to control my time. I have meetings with people at 10 o'clock and two o'clock if I have to get in my car because Austin's got some nasty traffic. So, uh, you know, I really love controlling my time. I just got back from Abu Dhabi and Dubai uh, last couple weeks with my wife and I'm, I'm able to do my business on the road. Uh, you know, I don't want to be launching a deal and then going on a long trip. That's not fun. But most of the time I, I, I can do my, job and kind of project oriented basis and i i have a lot of flexibility on how to do it and i think i can attend family events uh we're getting ready to go up tomorrow to dallas my daughter's a senior in high school she's got a swimming event and you know if i had a day job i'd probably have to ask time off right i could just get in the car we go up get a hotel room overnight i can attend both of the day's events and i've got my phone with me to answer some emails keep up on top of stuff with texas or whatever but i'm not inundated the business isn't that consuming for me um And so that's what I love about it the Uh, best—the the 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 income and those kind of things. That wasn't really my focus. I just wanted to have my time. (laughs) Now, ironically, if you love what you're doing, that was the second thing. I'm loving what I'm doing. So my wife was asking me. She goes, "David, you know, you're always thinking about the business and doing things, and yeah, you got to be careful not to, you know, make sure you have time for everybody. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know, I I'm finally doing exactly what I'm doing, Stephen, what I want, what I love to do, because. I can work lots of hours at it, uh, refining it, fine-tuning it, um, having that extra conversation with an investor that, you know, I'm not have to be rushed. And, that's what I love about the business—the control of time and 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 not uh, you know you have, everybody has goals, but um, if you really love what you're doing, hey, the financial rewards, the other rewards that come, the you know the prestige or respect—that that's all going to come down the road. Um, if you focus on what you're doing and loving it, and even if you never if the money was never the issue, or never really came into it, you I'd be you'd be surprised how many ways you can make money just because you keep focusing on improving something, and all of a sudden a light bulb will go off and like. Man, that's a that's an income stream I should be pursuing. <laughs> Maybe it's coaching. Maybe you know you you've learned these skills in a certain. Way. Hey, a lot of people would pay for that. Uh, how do you you can download that and put it in packageable form on your internet? Uh, have coaching sessions. Uh, teach people how to build a business, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm teaching people how to do what I did
0: in a three and a half year time span to create a lifestyle that's that's pretty awesome. That's amazing. Sounds like success to me, and, it, and I can tell from the way you're talking about it that you're there. That you're that you're there on the journey, that you're enjoying that feeling every day. You said it right there. It's not a
1: destination, right? It's not a destination. I don't think you're ever really quite there. Uh, You know, I I was on Netflix just a second ago or last night. I was listening to Bill Gates. They have a thing on Netflix, three series session on him. And here's a guy with fifty billion dollars. He could just you know just relax and hang out. And uh, I think people have that retirement mindset, but I, I think that's changing now. Our culture is changing. And maybe it was with our parents, you know, retire at 56. My parents, I love my parents. They're late eighties. They're living in Denver, by the way, not too far from you. in, in Castle Rock uh, over in Peace, Peace Park. Uh, and I, they retired like 30 years ago, 30 years ago. And they, they love life. They're great people, but I'm like, they're not doing, I would say they're not, there's not, there's not, I, w- I told my wife, I said, I, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could just at 60, just, you know, put it away and just, you know, do well. Some people would, you know, lots of different hobbies and things, but man, I just love to to be productive and and do things and give back. And this is the next phase now of my success would be, um, I just got done reading a book called the second mountain by David Brooks. Uh, awesome book. Um, talking about the first mountain we're all climbing money, respect, prestige, whatever time, Mm. you know, own time on being an entrepreneur. Fantastic. But that second mountain is probably going to be more rewarding for you, which Mm. is, you know, what's going on in the community? How are we connecting with each other in the communities? Mm. Uh, What are we giving back? There's so many things you could work on. So that's the the next phase really of where I want to go with my business is continuing to build it so I can give back and not only my time, but also some financially or whatever, you know, so trying to define what that is, but there's a lot of things you could do to give back, right?
0: That's big. That's really big. So what are some of the keystone habits, the things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that help kind of get you there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's huge. There's a lot of books out there and, and things going on. I, I think you do need time with yourself in the morning um, when it's quiet, um, you, you know, whatever that routine is. Um, I would, it's really, you know, everybody has that issue. You get up to you check your phone and, and and I see my wife doing it. I'm like, yeah, you know, th- don't. Uh, here's what I would do. I wouldn't check my phone. I may check my IM real quick, just to make sure there's nothing you know really urgent I got to take. But I don't try to get into my email uh, mm-hmm. till t- t- maybe mid-morning. Um, and I try to get up. Reasonable time, but you know, I'll do some uh, some light light stretching exercises. You know, you call it yoga, whatever, just you know, with a soft music in the background. There's a there's a something on my cable It gives me positive messages that come up, and it's soft music soundtrack, soundscapes. I think it's on my it's on my Spectrum channel. I love it. I just put that in you know, 10 15 minutes, nothing heavy duty. Uh, I always read a book. I'll read a chapter in a book and, and you know, I just, I'm reading the second mountain now. I just got done reading Atomic Habits, which was mm-hmm. interesting. Atomic Habits is really about that. Um, yeah. It's these little things that, you you know, just make sure you have time for yourself to think about your day, think about how things are going. Give yourself that respect, whether it's mind, body, you know, the, the whole thing would be great, but just get up when it's quiet. Because if you just get into emails and stuff, all of a sudden the day is gone. You never, t- you never took a bite at, uh, you know, if you look at the, uh, the uh, taking a big bite of something or working on something that's very important to you, uh, it, it gets pushed away. That could be exercise. At the end of the day, I'm tired. Something came up, didn't get to it. Uh, maybe it's uh, my next goal is to write a third book. Okay, maybe I should do a chapter a week. If I don't do that chapter in the morning, it's going to get pushed off because Mm-hmm. The life, you know, Stephen gets in the way. As soon as you start getting into emails and phone calls, and all of a sudden the, the day's happening, you're like, "Oh, I didn't really accomplish that much." <laughs> I was, you know, so, make. I think that's the most important thing is just carve some time out for yourself. Think about your business, your life, health, family. Make sure you're 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 connecting, uh, and you've got things set up and planned out for some of these things, um, because then life just gets in the way the rest of the time,
0: right? So true. Life does get in the way. If you don't prioritize and put those things first, they're hard to get to. They're hard to make sure that they actually happen. We've made it to my favorite part of the show, the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So tell me what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now. Well, the second mountain. So
1: I just, thats the most exciting thing because mm-hmm. I'm now at that phase where I feel like, yes, I want the business to continue to grow, but I want to control that 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 business. I don't want to. I work out of the house most of the time. I don't want to go get an office and you know, 50, 550 employees. That, that's just I'm not, mm-hmm. one, not my business. All that I want to keep it boutique-ish, still, still very attractive business. Still, you know, taking care of my investors. But I really want to start focusing on, uh, you know, is it a foundation? Is it something where we can really make it, you know, a legacy for yourself and an impact out in the community? Which, you know, as you're focusing on the first mount, often often suffers, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So true. From an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors? And how do you look at finding great mentors in your life? We talked a little bit about this already, but I'd love to hear what you have to say.
1: Wow. Yeah. And it can come from a variety of of places, right? Uh, I I certainly think in the space that I am, you know, Joe was started as my mentor and and still is. I I probably, uh, you you, you know, don't. Really sit down with him on a bunch of strategy sessions anymore. We, you know, we're more like business partners. But uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of watching him and, and what he does, and, and people in this in this space uh, that certainly are doing things in a big way around thought leadership. Uh, you know, things. What are they doing out there that uh, continues to get uh, new people coming to their website and checking things out? Um, and, and that's that's huge for me. And then I think as I get into the second mountain phase, I'll probably be looking for people who are doing those kind of things in a big way. And you know, we mentioned the Bill. Thing I mean I, I'm not going to be at that level but you know it's just the impact and, and the focus and it's someone you know older in life that just you know he's just dogged about you know finding out some of these big problems and it doesn't have to be that big I mean it, it could be I'm going on December fourth a lady invited me downtown uh, a person I met through another person uh, that was interested she, her husband used to be the president of Lenovo um, and she and mm. he used to work for Dell high level executive where I worked. Um, and she's really big on building schools in Cambodia, you know, so I'm going to listen to Mm -hmm. a presentation on that. We're going to come with a money tree and give away. Um, and so I'm, I'm right now I'm in that, you know, looking around at mentors, uh, people who are doing some cool stuff in that second mountain space and seeing if I can participate. And if that really turns me on, that's a path for me or you're creating something different.
0: That's wonderful to hear. And I'm sure this leads right into it from a purpose perspective. What drives you to live your best life every day?
1: Wow. I mean, the, the, love pe- the people around you, you know, you, 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 I got a family, right? I got two daughters. One just graduated from the University of Texas, lives in, and works at Disney in Los Angeles. Uh, another one's a senior in high school. She's thinking about where she wants to go to college. But, um, you, you know, I, I remember someone hearing someone say something, you know, what do you do when no one's watching? Um, uh, and, and, and if you assume everybody was watching, what would you be doing? And if that's, if that's in line, then you're, you're in probably pretty good shape. Uh, you know, and so that's what I'm always thinking about myself. Like, you know, what am I doing for myself? Uh, what am I doing for my, my, my wife and my kids and my extended family? Am I building the best reputation I can for myself? Am I, am I representing, uh, not just me, but us, uh, out there and trying to do my best. And, um, I, I think if you keep the loved ones in your, and also your, your close friends, you know, those are the people that, Really have given up time and and energy and building the relationships that they have with you, and it, just to honor them by doing something really cool. Um, you know, mentors, people who have coached me along the way, whether it's sports or mm-hmm. in business. I mean, you just want to honor them and 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 the, and the fact that you helped me along the way in some form or fashion. I want to give back, right?
0: Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Where can people find out more about you or get in touch? Yeah, thanks, Stephen. So thompsoninvesting.com,
1: it's all one word, <laughs> D-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, investing.com. I have a lot of blogs. That's how I started. I probably have 50 blogs out there. I've got a couple of books uh there the latest one uh I'll just, I'll just put up riches and niches uh this is a book that i think is great for investors and if you're looking in, to learn more about capital raising or the business i've got one up there uh called how i raised a million dollars in two weeks so i've got a couple different angles depending on your focus read them both um but we're all about education come to the site hey if you're interested in, as uh, potentially learning learn more about investments uh, i've got a place you can fill out some information we can schedule a call
0: perfect Wonderful. We'll include that in the show notes so you guys can find out more from David. He's a pretty yep. generous guy and would love to share some of his time educating and mentoring. So thank you for sharing with us today. Great, and I look forward to the next time awesome. we get to hang out. I appreciate the time, Stephen. Great. nice to Nice to talk to
1: you. Take care.
0: What an incredible episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed putting it together. And I want to tell you about this incredible program that we're now releasing. We're putting it out live and I want you to be a part of it. If you happen to be a high level real estate investor who's really pushing things to the next level, who want to get the most out of their business, they want to take consistent action on a regular basis and work from a place of clarity so you actually can end up at the outcome that you originally got into this game for. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I know when I got into real estate investing, I had planned on doing this so that I could get passive cash flow and I got distracted along the way and I got distracted with things that were incredible and amazing and I grew like crazy but sometimes we've got to get back to that core. What are we doing this for and why are we doing this? And there's so many, there's so many things that we're learning in every single episode that we need to start applying in our daily basis every single day. So what I've put together and I've brought together an incredible mindset coach who has been doing this for years and years, has 25,000 hours, previously worked with the Tony Robbins organization and many others, and is going to be delivering and training us. He's agreed to do this in a small group setting. Um, so... I know a ton of people are going to be interested, and there's very limited spots available. This is not false scarcity. We're only going to take 15 people for the first group. So please make sure you head over to the website, theinvestormindset.com slash action, so you can find out a little bit more and add your name to the wait list so that when we're ready to pull you in, we can start having that conversation and decide if you're a great fit. I know the power of this stuff. I've invested tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars in order to grow myself and my business to the next level, and that's exactly why I'm so grateful that we're going to be bringing this out live and really making a big difference. So join us in this mini mastermind online, this program, and let's help do some incredible things together.